Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Even on this Sunday morning, around the world are more of what I would call, hmm, maybe not worship services, but performance services. Can somebody say amen to that? And God is not flattered. Somebody say, God is not flattered. He's not flattered by performances, but let me tell you what he is flattered by. He's flattered with hungry hearts who are hungry for his presence, who press into him, who who pray, who seek his face wholeheartedly. God is flattered with that kind of heart and that type of services. Gone are the days where we are trying to impress people and trying to impress God by our theatrics and our performances on stage. God is ready for a real church in this real day to rise up, to seek his holy face, to live holy lives, to put away things that need to be put away so that we can see the glory of God released in the earth. Can somebody give a loud shout for that? He's impressed with people who make room. We sung that song over and over this morning. And what I was busy doing, I wasn't feeling the glory of God. It's what I was doing is I was allowing God to deal with some things in my own heart. And I hope you were doing the same. Is I was making room, getting all the garbage that I accumulated throughout the week and throughout the weeks in the past to make room for him. Amen? Because we all got stuff we need to move over in our lives and make room for Jesus. Can somebody say amen to that? I love what Pastor John Kilpatrick said. He said, we, he said it right when he said, we have over-sanitized our services. And when we sanitize our services, and I'll tell you what that means in just a moment, but when we over-sanitize things, we, 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 we quench the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? We restrain him from being able to move. Have you ever been to someone's house? It, probably mine is one of them. You know, when I greet people at the door, I ask them to take off their shoes. Is that weird? And so I've gone to people's houses. I've been in some really, really neat homes, especially as of late. I've served some clients who have these multi-million dollar homes. They're fun to look at, but I I would not want to live in them because I feel so uptight and uncomfortable. You have to take off your shoes. If you move your glass just wrong, you might scratch their granite countertop. I fear in these last days that when God gets into our house and moves in and among us, when he steps in, we do so many different things to sanitize the service. God, you got to kick off your shoes and we have to do everything like X, Y, Z. Temperature has to be just like this. Service has to start at this time and worship needs to end at this time. Message needs to start at this time. That makes God really, really uncomfortable. He can't even come into his own house and kick up his feet and just relax. How many want God to move? among us. But we have to get to a point where we stop sanitizing our services. Look at somebody and say, don't over sanitize. I love excellence, but I do not like excellence if that means I have to exclude God. But at the same time, I've seen messy services where God was just as excluded. I'm okay with a little bit of messy and a little bit of excellence as long as God shows up. How many are with me with that? All throughout the scripture, as I just read in that New Testament, Luke chapter 2, 
You've got all these major prophets. There are some main prophets, then there are just major prophets. I call them big prophets, little prophets, throughout all the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And and throughout history, hundreds of years, you've got Isaiah, you've got Jeremiah proclaiming that there would be a coming king one day that would show up in the earth. And he was basically, God sent these prophets to get the earth ready and to get the church ready for the coming Messiah, Jesus. And yet when he shows up in Luke chapter two, there is no room for him in the inn. And I fear that in our churches, even these days, all that we know about the scripture, we know that Jesus came, but I still, that God is still finding the same problem that he found 2,000 years ago is when he shows up in our lives and he shows up in our services, he's finding very little room for him to move. Look at somebody and say, make room. And this experience that Jesus had as a young infant child was only that of a glimpse of what he would experience for the next 33 years of his life. When he was 30, his ministry started. His ministry only lasted three years. We talk about success and longevity. Jesus only had three years of ministry to do what he needed to do. Amen? It started with one of the young rich rulers of that day. And he says, Lord, I'll do anything. What do I got to do to follow you? And he goes and says, well, you know the commandments. Do X, Y, Z. And then Jesus says, well, go sell all that you have and come follow me. And here's the man's response. He went away sorrowful because he had much riches. He had many things. What does that say? It's not too different from me and you. We leave very little room when we are just too busy or preoccupied making money and accruing all these different things in our lives. Amen? Or the man who had to bury his dad. No room for Jesus. He was busy. He said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And I don't think that God or Jesus, same difference, had any problem with this man going to bury his dad. I think that Jesus was just trying to get this man to put his priorities in orders. How I interpret that, the DSV version, this man had family dramas that preoccupied him from following God and doing God's work. So no matter if it's money or whether it's family dramas, we all have excuses not to do all that God would have us to do. Look at somebody and say, make room. Or let's talk about the religious leaders, the ones who declared the coming Messiah, the ones who thought they were living for him, but all they were really living for was selfish motives. They were living out their religion for self-satisfaction. And their religion provided no room, little to no room for Jesus. And that's why I'm entitling this message today called Make Room. Nudge somebody just a tad, not too hard, and say, Make Room. Make room. And today I want to give you some practical uh, yet profound ways, not just because it's this Christmas season, although I think it's fun to do that, but I think um, it's simply because we all want to, well, I would hope that we all want to grow in our relationship with God and in Christ. Is anybody with me? Who wants to grow in their relationship with Christ? And one of the ways I think that we do that is by simply making room in our schedules. I was thinking about this past week. I'm a fairly busy guy, not because I just work for the church, but I actually have a full-time job. Can somebody say amen to a pastor who has a full-time job too? (laughs) We have to learn to make room for him in our schedules. 
I was thinking about the five love languages. I think it's Gary Chapman who wrote the five love languages. I love that book. God shares one of his love languages with me because one of me and my wife's love languages, which has kept us together these past, I don't know, six years has it been, something like that. She hasn't sent me to heaven yet, so that's a good sign. One of our love languages and primary love languages is time. Everybody say time. We often forget that God, too, has love languages. I think that we have made great mistakes in our relationship with God, thinking that this is a one-way relationship. And I know we'd never say it, but we treat it that way. There's this one-sided relationship not knowing that God created you and me to have fellowship with. Not a one-sided relationship. And I can tell you, if anybody can make excuses not to spend time with the Lord, I have tons of them. My schedule screams at me every single day. Come 5 a.m. when my alarm goes off, I think about the thousand and one different things that I have to accomplish throughout the day. How many employees I'm having pulled on me and how many demands and the phone calls. It wasn't that long ago I, I, I went through my phone and the, the incoming and outgoing calls were around 90 plus calls, just under 100 in just one day. And I thought to myself, Lord, how can I make time for you? And so I've made it a point in my life to begin to get up early just to spend time with him. Because I can tell you right now, if we learn to just spend quality time with God, he will get more done through you and, and as you rest in him than you can in your own ability and your own efforts because it's by the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit through your life making you effective. Amen. And people often ask me, you know, about listening to God's voice or hearing God's voice. And they say, well, I don't know how to hear God's voice. I was talking to my son Cohen uh, just the other day and, and I was telling him how God talks and, and he was like, well, God, I don't, I, well, uh, dad, I'm not God. Dad, I don't hear God talk to me. I said, well, oftentimes I said, the simplest way you hear him talk to you is through his word. And so he began to read his devotion and it was just what we were talking about. And he's like, he does speak. And I, th I thought to myself, it's, it's not the fact that God is not speaking. Here's the real issue. Do we sit long enough after we get our prayer request out to hear God's answers that he's either speaking through his word to us or giving those little nudges and those little impressions in our heart? God is still speaking Today, somebody say, God still speaks. God still speaks. Most of us has nine to five jobs. It's hard to find time to spend with him, isn't it? We've got spouses. We've got kids to raise. How many got kids in here? Say amen to that. We've got emails to answer. We have friendships to maintain. We have school to attend. We have deadlines to meet. We have houses to maintain. We have bills to pay. We have church on Sunday. Most of you, just smile like you come every Sunday. And the list goes on and on and on. And, but the Lord desires for our time with him to com be comprised of more than just emergency prayers. How many of you have close friends or maybe even distant friends? When that phone call comes, you know it's that specific person that when they call, they're not calling to give you something. They're calling because they want something. And relationships can't last that way. That's why I love caller ID. And I know I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to love everybody. But there are those phone calls. When I see that specific name come two or three times a year, every single time they're always wanting something. And a relationship cannot be healthy if it's always one-sided. Amen? 
And I'm afraid that many of us, and I have been there, and I sometimes fall into that same trap that, God, I need X, Y, Z, or here's my emergency prayer. But God wants us to talk with him and love on him other than just times when we need him for something. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to give us direction for our lives. He wants to tell you what spouse to marry and which one to stay away from. He wants to tell you and direct you as to what course of life you should take or what career path you should take or what friendships should be cut off and put to the side and what friendships you should allow in your life because you have a destined purpose and it is critical that we hear God. But the only way that we hear and commune with God is if we spend time with him and make room for him in our schedules. Somebody say, make room. Is this okay? My wife turned me on the other day. I know a pastor shouldn't say that. And here's what happened. I'm kind of just halfway being funny. So I tried to call her several times in the morning. And, you know, if I don't get her the third time, I mean, two times I can handle. But because I have so many different things to do and I delegate things to her, she does administrative stuff here at the church. She also helps in our company. And uh, she wasn't answering the phone. So I was just a tad bit annoyed. I wasn't exercising the fruit of patience that day. Pray for me. I'm still growing. So she texts me back, and to my shock and to my dismay, she says, I'm sorry, I can't answer. I'm spending time with Jesus. And I thought to myself, you know, when I have worshiped and I have been praying before, I have had the phone ring, and I've been in some deep prayer and some deep worship, but just there was something in me. It's just like I had to answer the phone. Is anybody like that besides me? And so I answered the phone and I felt the Holy Spirit recently correct me that my wife was showing God more honor than the people that were calling on her phone. And how dare I oftentimes interrupt my time with him, but I'm so quick to not interrupt my time when I'm sitting with someone or eating dinner at the dinner table. I'm showing my friends and my family more respect than I'm showing almighty God, the creator of the universe. Amen. Somebody say, show some respect. And I often wonder if the reason God allows trying times in our lives is his own way to get on our schedule. You ever thought about that? Have you, have you really thought about, man, this is why this trying time is coming, because trying times have a way of, of forcing you to spend time with Jesus, spending time praying, spending time seeking his face, Seeking answers. We don't grow in ease and comfort and pleasure. We grow when there are trying times, when our back is up against the wall, when not everything is going our way. I wonder if it's his way of saying, son, daughter, I need to get on your schedule. We need to schedule a meeting. Amen? Amen. Maybe they'll finally seek me if I turn the heat up. Maybe they'll finally talk to me. Maybe they'll finally need me, or maybe they will finally come to a place where they depend on me. Let's, not, let's make room for him willingly. Let's not force God's hand to create trying times in our lives simply to get on his schedule, or to get on ours, rather. Somebody say, make room. Make room in your plans, not just your schedule. Make room in your plans. I love Proverbs 19, 21. And it says this, there are many 
plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Love that version, but if you want a clearer version, I love what it says in the message. It says it very, very clear. He says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but only God's purpose prevails. It amazes me how many people do not involve God in their daily plans and their daily routines. Just look straight ahead. And we're all guilty of it, from, 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 from church members to clergy. It doesn't matter. We all get ahead of ourselves. We all have schedules. We all have issues and fires that we have to put out throughout the day. But my challenge to you, not only this holiday season, but from this day forward, is to involve God in every facet of your life. Life is hard enough with God, much less not having him be involved in our plans. How many uh, people are in here under 21? Just want to see. I've got 50-year-olds raising their hands. No, I'm just kidding. He's (laughs) 40-something. We've got a few in there. You guys would not understand what I'm about to say. There was a time before GPS. I know that's shocking. Listen, if you didn't know that restaurant existed and you didn't know exactly where it was, you couldn't GPS restaurants nearby. Can all the older people say amen? If you didn't know it, you just you wouldn't you you wouldn't get there. And, and I I work in an industry that I have to commute a lot. I'm in sales, so I drive sometimes 300 miles a day. I drive a whole lot. Somebody say, "Wow, wow. I put a lot of miles on my vehicle." But nonetheless, uh, so years ago, it, I was still in sales. I didn't do it at, at this level, but uh, my brother was either the driver, and I was looking at the map, or I was looking at the map, and my and my brother was driving. Well, recently. I was thinking to myself, and I talked to my brother about it. I said, how in the world did we survive in those early days? He thought to himself, I have no idea, because I've only really used like GPS the past like 12 years or so. I was a teenager when this was happening. Had a guy who works for us, and, and recently I sent him an address, and he says, hey, listen, I need this the night before because I have to print out the address. And I looked at him like a deer in the headlights. I said, what do you mean? It was like he was speaking in tongues to me. I'm like, well, say it again. I was looking at him like a deer in the headlights. He says, yeah, I print out the Google, Google. How many remember Google MapQuest? You would print out the directions. I mean, that's not even safe. You get pulled over and get a ticket for doing something like that now, reading the, reading the, you know, the coordinates as you drive along. Well, I, I thought to myself, I got a revelation when he told me that. If he only knew what the GP, how the GPS would change his life if he were to simply download it on his phone. So I'm like, give me your phone. I need to download, you know, Google Maps for you. And many of our lives are like that. We can apply it to our lives. We don't realize that when we involve God in our plans, he becomes our built-in GPS system. Most people don't realize how much easier it would make your life, how many less difficulties you would run into if you were to simply incorporate God into all of your plans. Even when you do make a wrong turn, I love the thing that God does. He does this thing. He doesn't say it like Siri does, and he doesn't say it like Google Maps says, but he says this, rerouting or make a U-turn. You will ultimately always get to the right destination. You know how I know that even when you make a wrong turn? It's because it says in Proverbs, one of my life scriptures, I want you to write this down if you have a pen, if you don't know this one already by heart. Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, watch this, in all, in some your ways? How many? 
in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The best gift that you can give yourself this Christmas season is to acknowledge God in all of your plans so that he will establish your ways. Amen. 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 Number three, make room in your thoughts. We many times pass right over this one. I love to just dig in. Can I go somewhere with this? Somebody say thoughts. In my mind, my personal mind, this is the most critical area to make room for God in. I know that not everybody can see kind of what's going on in your head. You can show up to church and not be okay up here. You can go through the motions, show up to your job, go to school, go through all the motions of life, pay bills, be a wife, be a husband, be a father, be a mother, and not be okay up here. And this engine just continues to run. But this is one of the areas of your life that affects everything else. And this is the area I believe that God wants to occupy and be a part of the most. Somebody say, make room. Make room in your mind. This is not an area that we should treat passively. This is the area that we should take very critically. This is the area whereby we experience either really deep things of God or we only experience him on surface levels. If I'm being very, very honest, this engine never turns off. And I have to work really hard here. As a matter of fact, in spite of having a company or, you know, you know being, being the pastor here, all these different things, husband, dad, and I know all of us are busy, all of us have many, many different things going on. Life is just simply busy, right? But I have to tell you this, the, the most time I spend, at least at this phase of my life, I, I'm understanding more and more each and every year, each and every day, how important my thinking is, how important and how critical it is for God to occupy areas of my mind, not just some areas, but all. Everybody say all. I, I love what it says in the scripture in Ephesians 4.23, sorry for all the scriptures, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. It says this, but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. I want you to listen to this active word that it says, that you put off concerning, somebody say put off, put off concerning your, your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of flesh. And watch this, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. Now watch this, Colossians 3, 2 for your reference. Set your mind, listen to the active word, set your mind on things above, not things on earth. A lot of people say, you're so spiritually minded, you're no earthly good. Can I tell you, until you are spiritually minded, you will never be earthly good. I will never be earthly good. Amen? So these are active nouns. This is saying, hey, you have to work for this. I thought about this image in my head. I didn't even write it down. I hope this comes out right. This is very unfiltered, so forgive me if it doesn't sound right. Most people treat their minds like they would going into an airplane going somewhere. I just hope it ends up in the right place wherever you're going, right? We shouldn't treat our minds that way. The mind should be treated much more like a manual or a stick shift. Did you know we have much more control over the mind than you think? These active nouns that, that, that God is using that use these men to write, that means you have to constantly make up in your mind to make room for God in there. When you have thoughts, my, 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 um, my brother-in-law, Jonathan, he said something. He didn't even realize it. He said it in passing. He said something that really stuck out to me. 
He said the way that he deals with trash stuff in his mind, like things that pass. How many have bad thoughts once in a while? Come on. Look at you. Three quarters of you guys didn't raise your hand. He said he has a built-in trash can that when something comes across his mind that he knows is unscriptural or against God's character, he says, I just put that thought in the trash can. And there are so many things in our mind, and I thought that was really neat. I still use it to this day. It ministered to me. So when I have things, you know how sometimes we go on this rant in our mind, and we're like at work, and we're doing things, but there's this rant going on, whether it's about your husband, about your wife, or about school, or whatever it is, you have to sometimes take a moment and think about what you're thinking about. And don't let your mind go on these big rants when your mind could be being consumed with whether it's scripture, whether it's listening to a sermon on podcast or whether it's just listening to some worship constantly, constantly using the manual shifting gears. Like, listen, I'm not going to choose to think about that. I'm going to choose to put my mind on things above and not things on this earth. That's when you begin to get more effective. You don't know this, but, but maybe you do. That when you do that, you are actively choosing to worship God, not just by going to church, but literally you're worshiping him in your mind and you're making room for him. Say make room. And lastly, we're going to close early today because I want to fellowship with you guys and hang out. Fourthly, did somebody clap for that? That's a bad sign. Fourthly, make room in the private places. Make room in the private places. Let's not just make room in our schedule. Let's not just make room in our plans. Let's not just make room in our thought life. Let's make room for Christ in the private places of our hearts. As I close and the worship team can come up, I thought about this. I thought it was, was kind of catchy. I was like, okay, that's good, Lord. Most people only give the stable parts of their hearts and their lives. And the revelation came. Stable parts can mean one of two things. The stable parts, in other words, the Facebook parts of your life. The parts that you only want people and God to see. Right? That place where you are okay, where everybody, everybody thinks that you're okay. You, you only show this forefrontage of your life, but you don't, you don't show the dark places, those places that might make people want to run from you, or you might think that God may want to run. But can I tell you this morning, God wants to occupy the unstable places of your life, those places where you're hurt, those places where you're broken those places where you're bruised, those places where you've been taken advantage of, where someone has left you, maybe caused rejection, maybe caused some type of emotional abandonment in your life. Give him the broken places, the private places of your life. Or number two, stable meaning the place where Jesus was born. Not just the stable parts of your heart where you're healthy, where you feel whole, or where you feel you got it together, but the stable places, meaning where Jesus was born, the stinky situations, the stable places. And if truth be told, most people don't give Jesus those stable, don't give Jesus the, those type of stable places, the stinky parts, the ugly parts, the parts that aren't so whole. But do you know if God were to choose 
He were given a choice whether he could occupy the good parts of your heart or the poor parts of your heart. I believe Jesus would, would choose the stinky, stable parts of your heart and life. That's where he gets the most glory. That's where he's shown strong. The Bible says this, that he makes his strength perfect in weakness. Amen? You know one of my sole purposes? I've never told you guys this. I feel this more passionate than anything. There's some people who are called to be evangelists, and that's great. We need evangelists. People got to get to church somehow. People got to find Jesus somehow. And I, 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 although I may operate in the prophetic sometimes, I, my sole goal is to bring Christians to Jesus. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say unbelievers. I said Christians. Now that sounds like an oxymoron. How do you bring Christians to Jesus? I am called to bring people who are believers closer, to help them ascend, to help give them the opportunity to give Christ the darkest places of their lives, to help Christians grow up. I've got some growing up to do. Amen. So anybody got some growing to do? I don't know about you. Stand to your feet. And I'm glad that you may have made room to come to church this morning on Christmas Sunday. But here's my bigger question this morning. What areas of your life have you not made room for him? When he comes into the stable of your life, is there any area this morning? I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to even ask the Lord, come on, be honest with yourself. Is there any area of my life, Lord, that I have not made room for you? My schedule, my plans, my thought life, my relationships, my mouth, the way that I speak to people or speak about people, my finances my friendships, my schooling, my business. It's, it's, like I, I, it's like I see Jesus, that old picture that you see hanging in some people's houses with Jesus just knocking on the heart. He's knocking on a door. He's saying, if you will just simply open up the door so I can come in and sup with you and dine with you. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.